words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Just a few short thoughts from me before we actually, uh, as Charles said, get into some practical um, workings out of our reflection on the gospel. Um, right now in the middle of today's gospel is that maybe most famous memory verse of all time, written on billboards and bumper stickers and, and, and uh, posters, and the choir sang it as their um, verse to welcome the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. It's also one of the sentences from scripture that introduces our penitential right, that helps us to get into that space where we say, God, there's a whole lot of our life that we want to lay out before you as we recognise your forgiveness for us. Sometimes when I hear that verse read, all on its lonesome, I worry that the emphasis is not so much placed on the words of love, but on the words of uh, conditionality, so that everyone who believes in him might have eternal life. It sounds a little bit like the message of God's eternally life-giving love is conditional on what we do, which of course it's not. We're only allowed a piece of God's love if we believe enough, somehow needing to earn that love by being good at believing or good at doing stuff. And that kind of interpretation makes me very sad because it undercuts the true message of that verse and the whole passage around it, which offers that eternally life-giving love completely unconditioned. God loves the world so much that he gives his only son. So here's an emphasis that I'd like for us to carry away with us and to influence and speak to what it is that we do and say in our heart today. God so loved the world. God loves all of the world, not just some parts of it, not just the parts that notice God, not just the parts of it that do God's work. God loves the world. And God loves all of it so much that God gives God's all to show the depth of that love for the whole world. And then I noticed for the first time really that first word in that very famous sentence, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For the reason that God, the reason that God lifted God's self up on the cross was because of this love for all of the world. Because the sentence before it reminds us of that reading that Nadine read for us. The story of the bronze snake that was placed on a pole and that the people of Israel were to look to in order to be healed from the poisonous snake bites. In John's Gospel he says that the Son of Man will be lifted up in the same way that the snake was lifted up on the bronze snake was lifted up on the pole in the wilderness. The reason that the Son will be lifted up is to bring healing and life for all 
for the whole world. God longs for each person to turn towards that love and be healed. And to be part of the continual pouring out of that love that is represented in those widespread arms of embrace of Jesus on the cross. We too are called to give ourselves in that way. We don't do it on our own, we do it because we are resourced by that love which is always there for us. The condemnation that John goes on to talk about is not condemnation from God, but rather the limitations which we place on ourselves when we turn away from those gifts of life and love and instead make choices that bring hardship and harm to ourselves or to others. So this morning we're going to invite you to turn back to that healing, life-giving, pouring out love of God and be resourced to do a healing thing for our planet. Our government is shortly to uh, make some decisions um, about what's going to be part of their uh, Zero Carbon Act what's going to be part of the decisions about carbon emissions for our country over the next decades. And so this is a time when we can have our say, where we can speak into that decision-making process, which is happening very soon. They're seeking public feedback on the things that you'll see written on the white sheet that hopefully you received as you came in and on the blue sheet. The white sheet is for you to write on the blue sheet. There's some information for you to have as you do that, some ideas and um, some instructions. And today we're really lucky to have Connor and Asha and Jess with us um, who have come to help us with this task. Um, and Connor's going to come in a minute and, and try to energise us for this task. And we're going to do it right now. We're going to do it with the pen that hopefully you have and um, if you don't have a pen or a piece of paper after we've watched this really short video from a couple of the other young people in our diocese, then um, we'll bring them around for you. So you don't need to get up and move right now. What we would like for you to do is watch the video. This is a priority for our church. It's a practical way to love our global neighbours. We're here to update you that we can raise our voices to you will remember that for three years our diocese supported the Zero Carbon Act. Anglicans supported in a lot of ways. We prayed, we wrote submissions, attended rallies, and joined in the climate strikes. And we made a difference. At one stage of the submissions, over 500 Anglicans had their say. That's 10% of people who attend our churches. Of all the unique submissions the government received, one in five came from Anglicans. We've even heard that the Ministry of the Environment put some of our art and prayers up on their office walls. The great news is, the Zero Carbon Act became law in 2019. New Zealand is now committed to reducing emissions to net zero by 2050 and has established the Climate Change Commission to advise us on how to get there. This year, we can help shape the next steps in New Zealand's response. The government will soon set emissions reduction goals for the next 15 years and will start implementing changes to get us there. The Climate Commission has released advice on how to help them and they're asking for public feedback. Here's what they advise. They recommend that by 2035 we reduce net emissions by roughly a third through a range of measures. These include banning the import of petrol cars, increasing walking, cycling and public transport, diverting organics from landfill where they release methane as they decompose, reducing sheep and cow numbers by 15%, and 
and planting more trees than New Zealand ever has before. It's great to be able to influence 15 years worth of policy, so it's important we have our say. There are several ways to do that. The easiest way is at movementonline.org.nz forward slash climate, or you can visit the Climate Commission's website. If you're part of the church service today, your service leader can also give you a paper form. Your submission can be very simple, just a sentence or two is worthwhile. You can say whatever you like. These are some of the things you could consider saying. It's important to me that New Zealand is a good global citizen, so we should do our fair share, and that requires ambitious action. You can also say, I want all changes to be fair and just. Those who can most afford to pay for the transition should bear the most expense. Those people who are vulnerable should be looked after. You could say, I'm on board with the changes you suggest, and I will play my part. And you can thank the Commission, encourage them, and pray for them. The deadline for submissions is the 28th of March, but I encourage you to take five minutes and do it today. Using the paper form or at movementonline.org.nz forward slash climate. When we all speak up together, our voice is powerful. Jesus, as citizens of Wellington and citizens of Aotearoa, um, 
as a small country that has a really loud voice. Um, we can have a really big say in what this looks like. Um, and also, like, uh, on the other end of, like, why I care about this, I think as followers of Jesus, um, we're called to lay down our lives for others and to also to care for the last, the lost, and the least. Um, first world countries are the key proprietors, the key people who um, are contributing emissions into the earth. Um, we are we are those people who are making an impact by how we're living and it's impacting on those um, and lots of different foreign nations around the world that actually don't have the resources um, to uh, make as much of an impact as we as a small country can make. Um, so I think this is really, really important today. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that it's a part and we get to do this together. Um, so yeah, well, how this looks is um, on this form, fill out who you are, what your details are, etc. And on the back there's a write your submission here spot. Um, and it said it will be more powerful in your own words. So we do have some um, sentence stars and stuff, but we want you guys to say what you want the um, government to do. Um, down the bottom uh, Oh, okay. Cool. You guys have the blue sheet. Okay, so your blue sheet probably says the same thing that my white sheet says. Um, but on the blue sheet, has some suggestions for what you can um, say. If you're not too sure, um, different language around it, or different statistics and stuff. Um, there's some different um, sentences. For example, um, you can just say, um, please ensure that all New Zealand can, New Zealand's commitments are consistent with doing our bit to keep warming within 1.5 degrees. Really simple, pretty straightforward. Um, I think like today a big thing is if you don't have many words, just just say some simple words and the fact that you care. Um, today I think there's gonna be real power in numbers. Um, yeah. Um, thank you all for having us today. Um, I'm really excited to do this together. Uh, if you have any questions towards the end, come find us up and show up. Cheers. Um, yeah, cheers.